Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. You know, it's the principle, love stimulates love. You know, the Bible says uh, we love God because God first loved us. That principle is true on the human level as well. Focus on loving. Then you can begin to request something specifically of your spouse, and in doing so, you teach them how to speak your language. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Hey, everybody. I'm Dr. Jimmy Myers, along with Josh Myers. Yeah. And uh, we are a paradox. Thanks for joining us today. Um, I know that when we interview folks that we say we're excited about it. Uh, we have I'm, to say that. My mouth is dry today. Uh, I'm actually nervous about talking to this person. Uh, we have with us today Dr. Gary Chapman. He is the director of Marriage and Family Life Consultants, as well as doing radio and podcasts. He has more degrees than a thermometer. He's got degrees from Moody Bible, uh, Wheaton, Wake Forest. He has an MRE and a PhD from Southwestern Seminary. Josh? You're an alum. A fellow alumni. A fellow yeah. alum. And he is the senior associate pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Now then, most of y'all know Gary Chapman for the books that he writes. I just, in researching you, Dr. Chapman, first, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Well, glad to be with you guys. Uh, you have been at that church for 45 years that's unusual for a Baptist, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it, though? <laughs> Normally, the demon deacons run you off, right? <laughs> you know, it's been a great journey here. I never intended to stay at a church this long, but it uh, just worked out. I've worked with three senior pastors, all of whom have been very supportive of my writing and my speaking and my traveling. And it's just been a great uh, time over the years to work here with the local group. Now, did you ever feel like you would like uh, not do a good job and a pastor would just can you? Being <laughs> Gary Chapman, could could they still pull the trigger on you? <laughs> Never really felt that. Uh, always had great support from the guys with whom I worked. And I was always very supportive of them and I'm supportive of our pastor now. He's been with us three years and uh, just uh, love him, love working with pastors. Realized early on. Uh, I didn't have the gift to be a senior pastor. I mm -hmm. did that for two years and just realized, oh, this is not me, you know. Love the associate pastor role. And, of course, much of my time has been spent in counseling, marriage and family counseling through the years. Mm -hmm. Now then, you started there, if I'm correct, in 71 at that church? That's correct, yes. Now, now was that your first church? No, you said you senior pastored for two years. Yeah, I was pastor of a church for two years. I worked as an educational minister uh, for a year when I was in the Southwestern Seminary. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, I've been here. Okay. So for about 20 years, you worked in that church on staff. And then one day, did you just wake up and say, you know what? I think I'm just going to change the course of Christendom and write a book 
that is going to impact millions and millions of Christians and non-Christians. How does someone who kind of life was going one direction after 20 years, this, uh, this amazing revelation from God occurred? Tell us how the five love languages came about. You know, I never intended to write a book that was not one of my aspirations uh, through all those years. I, for 10 years, uh, worked with college students here in our church and taught a class once a year called Preparation for Marriage, in which I did a lot of research on marriage and uh, got involved, of course, in marriage and family counseling and uh, realized somewhere along the line that uh, what makes one person feel loved doesn't make another person feel loved. And they would sit in my office, and one of them would say, you know, I just feel like he doesn't love me. And he would say, I don't understand that. I do this and this and this. Why wouldn't you feel loved? So I knew people were missing each other, and I knew there was a pattern. But I had no idea what the pattern was. But eventually I took time to sit down and read 12 years of notes that I made when I was counseling. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that was a huge project. Ask myself the question. When someone said, I feel like my spouse doesn't love me, what did they want? What were they complaining about? And their answers fell into five categories, and I later call them the five love languages. So I started using the concept in my counseling, helping couples learn each other's language, and then I started using it in small groups. And in both settings, people would come back sometimes in three weeks and say, Gary, this has changed everything. I mean, the whole climate is different in our marriage. And uh, it probably was five years later when I thought, you know, if I could put this in a book, this concept, write it in the language of the common person, leave right. out the psychological jargon, Yes. maybe I could help a lot of people I would never have time to see in my office. So that's what motivated me. And uh, actually, the first year, it only sold 4,000 copies. <laughs> <laughs> It's been out now, well, it'll be 25 years next year, and every year it sells more than the year before. It's sold over 11 million copies in English, been translated in 50 languages around the world. People ask me, how do I explain that? I say, well, the short answer is God, and the long answer is God. <laughs> but I think on the human scene, it's because it speaks to that deep human need to feel loved. I think most of us agree it's the deepest emotional need we have to feel loved by the significant people in our lives. Absolutely. So for five years, it never dawned on you that, man, this would make a good book. Never really thought about it. You know, I had huh. written two books before that. I'd written a book called Toward a Growing Marriage, which has now been retitled uh, The Marriage You've Always Wanted did that when I was working with college students. And then I worked for 10 years with single adults, half of whom were separated and facing divorce. And I wrote a book called Hope for the Separated, Mar Wounded Marriages Can Be Healed. And um, the new title of that one is One More Try, What to Do When Your Marriage is Falling Apart. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I really didn't have any intention of doing anything else. I mean, those both grew out of you know 10 years of ministry in each of those uh, areas. But whenever uh, this became so helpful in my counseling, uh, that motivated me to, to put it in a book. And, of course, it has sold more than all my books put together. <laughs> <laughs> now, with it's, it's been on, like, the New York Times bestseller list for 150 weeks or something like that? Yeah, it actually is more than that. They had it in two different categories. Ah. Uh, and it was uh, about five years in one category and then uh, 150 weeks now in this latest category. <laughs> so, yeah, it's probably eight years total it's been in the top ten. So when was it, you know, like you say, it just sold 4,000 copies. 
um, I'm still praying for the day the book that I wrote would sell 4,000 yeah, copies. Yeah, 4,000 blows you out of the water. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my over-the-top goal uh, for mine. But I promise you, uh, Jimmy has helped tens of people. <laughs> I have. It's, it almost makes me tear up. But when was it that you said, this really may be, this may be different. Uh, there's something special going on with this book. When, when did that dawn on you? You know, I think uh, when the first uh, foreign publisher uh, came and asked permission of uh, Moody Publishers okay. to uh, to uh, print the book in another language, because my academic background was anthropology. I did an undergrad and a master's degree in anthropology, the study of cultures. And I knew cultures were very different. So the Spanish publisher was the first. And uh, so my publisher said to me, you know, they, they've asked permission to translate it. And I said, well, I don't know if it works in Spanish, you know. Right. I, I discovered this in middle America. Right. And they said, well, they read it, and they say it works. I said, well, then let them, let them do it. <laughs> and it became their bestseller. And I think it's been their bestseller ever since. And then, of course, came the French and the German right on down the line, uh, over, as I said, over 50 uh, different languages now. And that's when I began to realize that, that this book was tapping into a deep yes. human need that's universal. You know, obviously there are different ways that people speak these languages, you know, in, in different cultures. Some cultures are much more touchy than others, for example. Uh, but the fundamental languages seem to be uh, applicable in all cultures. I've, um, I've probably taught your book dozens and dozens. I'm personally responsible for probably like a thousand of these books. So, <laughs> so well, it's you and people like you, you know, other counselors and pastors who have taught that book and recommended that book uh, that have made it possible for. And you tell people all the time, you know, they say, well, it's gosh, it's sort of an old book. Uh, I say, well, yeah, so is the Bible, but it hits on some truths. <laughs> and, you know, you just kind of hit on a relationship truth that is not dated. Uh, you know, that, that book is kind of like Lucy. She's as funny today as she was 60 years ago. And this book is going to be as true 50 years from now. Uh, you just happen to hit on that. The question I have for someone, again, who's taught it, and, uh, of course, every premarital, every marital couple that I have come in the office, you know, that's one of the three books that's put in their hands. I had a lady the other day, and I want, uh, I think this is so cool, I'm getting to ask you this. She said uh, her husband came and printed out his top two love languages and printed them out and taped them to her mirror in the bathroom. And, and he says, you know, I've even printed these out and you still don't love me the way that I need to be loved. What do you do when you have a spouse or both, but mainly probably maybe one that's not participating, that is not almost willing to speak the language of their spouse. I would say to that guy, you should print out her love languages and put them on your mirror, and you focus on speaking her love language. Mm -hmm. don't, even, don't even request her to speak your language. For six months, you pour on love to her in her top two love languages. I mean, you just go overboard. And then, after six months, one day, you say, Honey, would you be willing to do da-da-da-da-da? And you make a request of her uh, to speak your language. And chances are she's going to do it because she mm -hmm. feels loved by you. You know, it's the principle. 
love stimulates love. You know, the Bible says uh, we love God because God first loved us. That principle is true on the human level as well. Focus on loving. Then you can begin to request something specifically of your spouse. And in doing so, you teach them how to speak your language. So I'm sure you've been asked this. Um, I bet so. You probably have it answered. But what's your wife Carolyn's love language? Acts of service. Took me a long time to know that. <laughs> I used to give her words of affirmation. No, I didn't do anything for her. But when I volunteered to wash the dishes and vacuum the floors and take out the trash, she became a happy woman. <laughs> that's fantastic. Now, you've also uh, written a book um, that's applicable to, to parents and children, uh, Love Languages with Children. Um, why is that so important for, for parents to understand about their kids? I think that uh, fundamentally, again, the greatest emotional need of a child is to feel loved by their parents. When they feel loved, they tend to grow up healthy emotionally. When they don't feel loved by their parents, they grow up with many internal struggles. And in the teenage years, they will likely go looking for love, typically in all the wrong places. And it's the, I say to parents, the question is not, do you love your children? Almost all parents love their children. The question is, do your children feel loved? Certainly be sincere and certainly love your children, and they grow up feeling unloved. That's why it's important to learn the primary love language of your child or your children. And if you have two or three, they probably have different love languages. Give them heavy doses of the primary Sprinkle in the other four for extra credit because we really want the child to learn how to receive and give love in all five languages. That's the healthiest adult. Most of us didn't receive all five growing up. We had to learn some of these after we became adults. So if parents learn the primary love language, give heavy doses of that and sprinkle in the others, chances are that child's going to grow up emotionally healthy. Yeah, it's really the difference between a works-based worth and value and a, and a positional worth and value. I encourage my parents all the time um, to, 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 to go above and beyond and make sure your child does not feel like they have to earn their love and affection from their parents. Um, so those five love languages, if you understand those within your kids, I hear you saying it really goes a long way in providing and solidifying their, their worth and value positionally. It does, and uh, also... Uh, you know, let's face it, uh, no children are perfect, and they will sometimes break your rules, sometimes disobey. But if they feel loved by you, they're going to receive your discipline in a positive way. If they don't feel loved by you, they're going to feel like your discipline is too much, and they're going to feel like, you know, I try hard to do right, and then I mess up, and then I get clobbered. Uh, so I would say when you get ready to discipline a child, wrap your discipline in the love language of the child. Words is their language. You say, honey, I want you to know I love you so much, and I, I am so proud of you. You seldom break the rules, but you know you broke that rule, and you know what we have to do, right? Have to put the ball in the car, in the trunk of the car, because you threw it inside the house. But listen, I'm so proud of you. You seldom break the rules. So let's go put the ball in the car. And they do, and they realize that's fair. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. You also wrote a book, um, Growing Up Social, uh, How to Raise Kids in a Screen-Driven World. Can you speak to that book for a second? Yeah, I wrote that with Arlene Pellicane. She is a gal on the West Coast, uh, and uh, I was interested in this topic. She was interested. Our, our publisher brought us together. 
Uh, we're dealing with the whole issue of the digital world today. Uh, we're not anti-screens, not anti-technology, but we believe that parents must help the children to control technology rather than be controlled by it. Uh, sometimes say to parents, look, if your teenage son or daughter spends all of their free time playing video games, they are 23 and 24 and 25, married now. They're going to still spend their free time playing video games. It's not going to go well in the marriage. You know, we ought to help our children understand there is a time for screens and there's a time to do other things. Absolutely. And we must learn to relate to people. Screens can be helpful in relationships. You know, grandparents can talk to their grandchildren, can FaceTime them and, you know, uh, do emails with them. There's a lot of positive things about uh, technology. But we've got to control it, and there must be non-screen times in uh, child, in the children's life. Well, guys, certainly um, Dr. Chapman is not the inventor of the love languages. That's God. Uh, but he honed it and put it, codified it into a list for us and, and verbalized it in a way that no one had before. Um, this is incredibly important, not only for you to understand within your marriage, but also in parenting your teenagers. If you want more information about Dr. Chapman, it is 5lovelanguages.com. You can also reach him at Facebook. Uh, same thing, 5 Love Languages. And then his Twitter account, his Twitter handle is Dr. Gary Chapman. Dr. Chapman, thank you so much for joining Dr. us. Dr. Chapman, thank you so very much. Well, thank you, Josh and Jimmy. Good to be with you guys, and keep up the good work. Um, okay. Uh, my liver's in a quiver. Yeah, okay. So uh, for those of y'all that weren't privileged to be in the room with Jimmy during that interview, he was guzzling his water. Oh, I was. I got dry mouth. <laughs> this was Gary Chapman. <laughs> he was so nervous. And... <laughs> I loved it. It was, uh, it was funny. I comported myself with great professionalism. You, you were incredible. And you put me out, you said Josh with his Southwestern Seminary. <laughs> and that you could have go, gone like, go Yellow Jackets. They have no mascot, though. So it was like you couldn't cheer for the school. It's just like, True. Yeah, go, go Southwestern. I'm so glad that he said, I thought I'd actually coined this phrase, but apparently he beat me to yeah, it 40 probably. years ago. Um, but when he said, it's not our job to love our child. It's not our job to love our spouse. That's a given. Our job is to make sure that they feel loved by us. And, you know, as we were talking about beforehand, just the thought that I'm on staff at a church and I'm just kind of doing my thing and I'm just kind of teaching people about marriage. Oh, I think I'll just stop and write a book that's going to change the trajectory of marriages throughout all of the Christian world. And, and not just Christians. Uh, the five level languages is used by secular counselors and all over the place. Uh, it's, uh, it's just one of those phenomenal treatises um, that he's just hit a core truth. Yeah, and I loved his piece specifically about the parenting and how important it is even for, for you to understand that within your kids um, to then foster... Um, generationally, you know, so many, I deal with so many parents in their own sin and them, them fostering generational sins, whether it's uh, anger or adultery, you just look up and your kids are also practicing those, those hor horrible things in adulthood. Um, but he was talking about fostering love languages in your kids so that they can pass that on to, to their kids as well. Um, and that's certainly a powerful truth as well. So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly did. 
yeah, if you want more information about the show, paradoxpodcast.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at docspodcast. You can find myself, Josh, on those three platforms at Doc Josh Myers. And you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at jmyersfam and on Facebook, Dr. Jimmy Myers. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it half as much as I did. Yeah, and a great content show on Monday. Take care. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. I am simply a very um, good driver. And if you're really good, who needs a speed limit? See, that's, that's what I always drivers. yeah, that's what I always think. I, we're excellent drivers. Yeah, if we can go that quickly yes, and still remain not, safe. Yeah, the police do not appreciate yeah. that fact.